What is going on? Welcome back to my podcast. This is Craig, Craig Honeycutt, coming to you on a Friday night here on the Outer Banks in the command post here on the Roanoke Sound, not far from the Atlantic Ocean, on a rainy, stormy Friday night on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. It's been wet for like a week. Like soggy. It's been soggy, soggy. Uh, with pockets of sunshine and a little bit of ocean swimming. It's amazing. It's been a, a cool spring and summer. So we'll see what happens here in the next few weeks. We haven't had that pop. The June pop hasn't happened quite yet. Hopefully the June pop will happen in July and we can get some of that sweet, sweet summer in before it gets hot. Hot, 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 hot. Um. Let's see. Uh, the band Everything had a good pre-production meeting this week to uh, start moving on the making of an album, which will probably take about 12 months. But off we go. Uh, we're working on some fun shows. August 19th, Richmond, Virginia, Browns Island with Cracker and Fighting Gravity. Uh, July 8th at the Tally Ho Theater, uh, we're doing a special four-piece Appearance with Emmett Swimming as a benefit for uh, our buddy Andy Waldeck, who uh, got to raise money because he had heart surgery. Expensive. Uh, and some other things coming up as well, too, that I'll mention. Um, going to see The Cure on Sunday, which should be fabulous. I'm such a huge Cure fan. I saw them in 1985 at Meriwether Post. I'd been into them for about a year. And I have stayed a Cure fan for a very long time. So that's going to be awesome to go back to the home territory, to the home venue of Meriwether Post Pavilion. And all of you people out there in the D.C. area, my Maryland people, you know Meriwether Post Pavilion. It's part of my DNA. Great outdoor amphitheater. Um, since this is episode number 101, it is appropriate because there is a highway that runs up and down California, the 101. Uh, it intersperses with Route 1. And today's topic is about my longstanding love affair with California and my thoughts on California. So I'm calling this song, this podcast, We All Dream of California Ice Cream. Um, I actually made a few notes because uh, I realize I have a lot of chapters in California and I'll try to cover some of them. I get nervous about podcasts like this because I want to do a good job and uh, I have a lot that pops up in my mind when I start to think about something. Um, so like last time, which I did about rarefied air, there's actually threads of that to go into California because California is filled with rarefied air. Um, I go back to uh, 1986 uh, when I traveled with a friend of mine who grew up out in Southern California uh, to go out to appear on American Bandstand. And, you know, I always grew up thinking about California because that's where all the bands recorded and all the movies were made. And it just felt like California, right? You saw it in the movies. You go see uh, the Karate Kid. You're like, man, like, California, Mr. Miyagi, Ralph Macchio. So uh, I go out to go on American Bandstand 
And then we had a trip planned up to Mammoth. It was the summer of 1986. I was a 16-year-old, ready for the world. So I got, I, you know, shopped at Annapolis Mall to get clothing for American Bandstand because they shot, I think they did a month's worth of episode in one day. So four or five done in one afternoon. So I was getting, you know, got the lowdown on like what was expected. So go out, me and my friend were on American Bandstand. So we go to the sound stage and we spend like all day at American Bandstand. And it was amazing because I thought I came looking cool with my clothes from the Annapolis Mall and quickly ran into a group of teenagers who were basically they signed up for American Bandstand and any show they could get on like every week. So there was a bunch of like teenagers who were like already show business professionals who came with their like wardrobe and like looking like they were like ready and they all knew each other and they had these attitudes. And I was just like, oh man, I totally had my little like button down shirt on and my little shoes and slacks that I thought were cool. And I looked like I was from Maryland and it was funny because I just was like, man, I'm definitely out of my league. And so we go on, we do American Bandstand and, and it's interesting because, you know, they have a stage manager and it was Dick Clark and it's like TV, right? It's like a TV show. And uh, very quickly I could see that there was this sort of dynamic between all the kids, especially the kids that were there a lot, right? And the stage crew who were like, you know, it's like basically trying to wrangle teenagers. So in between like takes, they'd always have to like kind of yell at kids a little bit to get them in line. And these kids were all trying to be hot and get on camera. And, you know, and it was interesting because the American bandstand people were like, look, we want like, we don't want the, that stuff, right? And so they ended up pulling me aside to do Raider Record, where you go on the on camera, they play a song, and then you kind of pick a song, right? And it's funny because they picked me because I looked like I was like not one of those professionals, and it's like they wanted like an innocent kid, right? And it's and that's the irony. It's back to the whole rarefied air thing, like from my last podcast, like people who are like searching. It was my first time seeing people searching for fame, right? They're looking for their moment in the spotlight. And what American Bandstand wanted is they wanted the person not looking for the spotlight. I mean, I was looking for the spotlight, but I was like too much of a dork to know how to get it. So they're like, get the dork on here. That's what America wants to see is a dork. And so I got on there and I rated a record and was as awkward as any 16-year-old was going to be, which of course was pretty awkward. Um, and then spent some time up in Mammoth Mountain, uh, hiking around, seeing the Sierra Mountains and all of that. And it was like so incredible. Um, and it was interesting, too, is driving by Lone Pine on the way out there and talking about Charlie Manson. So I was like, OK, there's a pretty good thread there that I picked up on. Right. Stars, people looking for stardom, amazing nature and Charlie Manson. Right. So that was my first dose of like. California. What's interesting is that, you know, California, it like is in the imagination, right? It's so big and it's like, it's where Hollywood happened. It's the West, right? So there's something about heading West in America that is like 
full of freedom. I've done so many cross country treks and there's something about heading west where you just get out there and it's like, oh my God, you know, and then you get to stand on these cliffs and look at the Pacific Ocean and look at like eternity. And it's just so incredible. And, you know, what's also interesting about California is that it, it has changed the world, right? This The new thought, the technology that came out of the Bay Area, Apple computers. And what's interesting about that with Apple computers and that like hyper individualization and the, the ability to be creative through technology um i was working on a piece of uh technology an app a music app with steve from the band uh several years ago and and we were working with a german programmer and he talked about um the californiaization of the world and how apple and all the tech industry like has changed culture around the world um so it's interesting that california has this manifest yourself vibe, right? Go out there and reinvent yourself. Go West, young man. Go find yourself. Go look for the light. And there's just something epic about that state. And I've had a bunch of chapters there. So, you know, in a 94, then I had another chapter out there. I went out there and I went to Lake Tahoe. And that was the first time I saw... It was once again, the epic Sierra is like, they're so epic and so on the rise and the energy is pulling you up into the light and there's very little humidity a lot. So you get that clean sunlight. And I wrote a song called The Real that was on the album Supernatural, which also had hooch on it. And I wrote that up uh, at Thousand Islands Lake where I was camping, like above Lake Tahoe. And I met some dude up there and talked to him about the history of the area. And it's like a remote area. So to see like somebody you talk to was like strange. Um, but it, it really like showed me like the scope of those mountains. And the other thing was, is there was like 300,000 acres of forest fire happening in the Sierra. So the whole sky was brown. And that was also another thing that I learned about California is like its ability to be like have Armageddon going on while you're living there. Um, and so it was like that California experience went in a little bit deeper. And then later on, like when we redid the Hooch video in 1999, we did it in Hollywood. So I was having these music industry experiences all up and down the coast and in Los Angeles playing shows in San Francisco and then up in Arcata. And it was interesting because I was starting to get that like California love, right? Like I really was also turned on by the new thought coming out of the Bay Area. Like, hey, there's really interesting new ideas happening. And I thought that was really attractive. I had a girl that I was dating who moved to Santa Cruz and uh, was living with a friend of mine uh, who is now uh, actually the tour. She's the tourist corporation head for California. So she's in charge of marketing California. Her husband is a very close friend of mine. And um, they were nice enough to host me when I was out there. And I spent a lot of time on the central coast. And from there, I started to fall in love with the central coast, right? Big Sur, the big South learning about like giant river otters, which were extinct until they found them in the sixties, living off the coast of big Sur, falling in love with redwoods and seeing these majestic evergreens that like kind of mostly regrew through shoots right not seeds but shoots like like a like a giant vine which is crazy because these are majestic trees learning about elephant seals and i have a previous podcast where i talked about my encounter with elephant seals and just amazing like experiences uh, some friends the millens that live in carmel valley and they were hosting a young man who had won the lottery uh in india he was tibetan and he had uh him and his family had escaped 
Tibet with the Dalai Lama. And when he became an adult, he became part of the Dalai Lama's uh, security team. And then he won a lottery to come to the U.S. and immigrate here. And he had these really specific technical skills where he did certain work around temples around uh, the country where he could do these certain types of like moldings for temples. Um, And while he was doing that, he actually showed me this little... um, prayer wheel he made. It was like a little mini prayer wheel where you spin it and it clicks and stuff. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, I went to the library and I got some microfiche and I realized that you can put like however many, you know, a couple dozen prayers on a prayer wheel if you etch it in or put paper in there. But he's like, if you do microfiche, he's like, you can, I can put like, I can put thousands of prayers on this microfiche and stick them in the middle of the prayer wheel. And he says it has more power. And these are memories I have from California. And that coast started to become a place where I went through change and started to, you know, whenever I was thinking about something or going through something, I'd drive up and down that coast and look at the soda blue water of the ocean and feel that sunlight. It was also the time in Esalon Springs where I sat in the hot springs at night about 1 a.m. and I looked up at the night sky up against the coast line of Big Sur. And I was like, you know what? We are floating in outer space. And it was very, very spiritual to me. And later, uh, I moved to California, 2004, and I lived in Hollywood, or excuse me, I lived in Eagle Rock, but I worked in Hollywood for five years, and I learned about technology, and I learned about entertainment, and I learned about how Los Angeles, like California, could also do Armageddon really well, where sometimes there would be like just massive fires around, and you would just be like, oh, the sky's red, everything's on fire. Oh, 2008, it's the largest internally displaced population of people in the United States since the Civil War because of fires in California. And a lot of that has to do with water management, you know, building. There's a lot of things that go in there, including climate change. Um, And that's just, you know, part of the dynamic of California. So one of the things about California, you can tell I'm fired up about California because I love it. It's a strange place. Right, it's got incredible energy, it's got incredible beauty, and it's got some crazy shit going on. So, one of the things that I just learned in Los Angeles, I had this statement. I was like, "Oh man, it took me a few years to get into it." And I was like, "Man, I'm so used to at this stage in Los Angeles seeing something that's totally strange and totally random, or something that's random that's totally majestic." And I was like, oh, man, you know, L.A. is like vast randomness or random vastness. And some examples of that. Uh, so vast randomness, right? Big gestures of, of strange stuff. So driving on a road in Hollywood that's uh, two lanes, one each way, rush hour traffic, tight. There's a dude on a 10-speed with on his freaking iPhone doing a wheelie in the middle yellow lines, right? Going down through the middle of cars, right? Like that's just the thing where you're like, what is going on with this guy? Like, it's just ridiculous. And you see that stuff like happen all the time where it's just like, what, what is that? Like something just strangely bizarre. Um, Another time, downtown Los Angeles, like right at the edge of Skid Row, which has a lot of mentally ill people and a lot of homeless people. And I'm driving down the road and there's a dude that's obviously not well. And he walks 
about a block away, and I'm about, as soon as I get a half a block away approaching the intersection, he's out in the middle of the intersection. He just turns to me, and he just gives me two huge middle fingers, like just, and then just walks on. And I'm like, amazing. That was so crazy. So a couple of examples there. And then on the other side is what I call random vastness where you'll be driving along a place that you've been before and then you realize you go by this unbelievable temple of some kind that's super ornate and like art deco and you're like holy crap it's truly incredible you know and and example after example of that where i just would be like oh man you know or yeah you're driving around and you look up and there's 20,000 acres of mountaintop off in the distance on fire and it's just lighting up the sky, right? You're like, holy crap, look at that, man. Like the mountains are on fire right now. Or it's 80 degrees, it's February, and you're looking off into the mountains and there's palm trees in front of you and snow on the mountains in the back. Um, and it's like one thing I knew about California is that there's huge energy out there. There's huge light energy and there's so much that's possible. And that's the other thing about California, especially L.A., but California. is like I like to say that the best thing about that area is that anything is possible. The worst thing about it is anything is possible. And I realized that, like, California, epic, like Joshua Tree. I mean, I got to know that place as well. The Sierras, Big Sur, spending time at Mount Shasta. I did a song a day on YouTube uh, leaving Los Angeles in 2009. Um, to change my life. And I ended up, you know, traveling up the coast again, spending time in Carmel, but having a, just an amazingly spiritual experience at Mount Shasta. And there's these epic places to go and really reinvent yourself. And when it rains in Los Angeles, houses fall off the mountain and people are ungrounded. And there's a lot of people with crazy ideas and they're trying to reinvent themselves. And there's amnesia. With all the new thought and reinvention, sometimes people forget who they are. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing. And, you know, what I always would think about too is those big, vast waves of energy that felt so good. They can also turn on you and they can lay you out in a way that uh, is very unique to the size of that place. So much majesty, so many curveballs. And so much inspiration. Uh, I fell in love with hummingbirds there. I started to write a book there that I still work on. I've written so many songs in and about California. About my experience there. And there are a lot of scenes there. A lot of amazing people that I met. A lot of beautiful spiritual energy there. And... I'm so grateful for that place. I hope that it um, stays together. I hope they can cure some of the ills that they have. You know, they have a pretty big homeless issue out there. And they have Burning Man. And they have unbelievably talented people. I was also lucky to uh, study with Kazuho Nishida, my Aikido sensei, who taught me meditation and different types of spiritual modalities. And I'm grateful for that. He passed away not too long ago, and I miss him. 
California has given me a lot. It is a beautiful, beautiful place. The California Roll. Big energy. Big balls of energy with the random curveball. Watch out for the random curveball. Breathe in that light. Conserve water. Pay attention. Thank you, California.